It's time for the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Ether, and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out all of our wonderful links in the description under the link tree. This week's episode, The Marley Woods. Oh boy. But before we get started with that, we used to do strange news. Uh, n- well, not really. We used to do um, Mind Boggle of the Mind Week. Mind Boggle of the Week. So yeah. I ran across, well, I ran across a news article, Mind Boggle, I suppose. And it's about this guy, it's in Popular Mechanics, who had a near-death experience. And he was actually a priest, and he claims he briefly went to hell where he saw men walking dogs and demons singing Rihanna songs. Oh, no. <laughs> like Umbrella. <laughs> yeah, he said it was a... a, a terrible experience and he never thought you know he said he wouldn't wish it on his worst enemy no one deserves that the things he saw were indescribable huh he said he also heard music including don't worry be happy (laughs) oh well how bad could that be i mean people walking dogs right is that what you said people walking dogs and singing rihanna songs I mean, I, I could do without the Rihanna songs, but Walking Dogs, just fine. And Don't Worry, Be Happy. I whistle that every once in a great while, you know, just just at random. That doesn't sound that bad. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a near-death experience. I just thought it was, you know, interesting. So I guess uh, his version of Hell is Rihanna singing songs. <laughs> I guess. Right. I, I, I'm not a huge fan, but I didn't think, I don't think your music's that bad. <laughs> you know? I gotta be honest. I couldn't name a Brianna song That's uh, funny. if I had a gun in my head, but I mean, I don't know. Hell, I mean, she, she probably follows one of those, uh, common, you know, pop song type, uh, you know, uh, beats and stuff or whatever, you know, the, you know, it's, this guy, it can't be that unenjoyable. I don't know. It's, it's popular. So yeah. I don't know. I remember a ways back, she did one of her songs on like one of these Nickelodeon music shows for kids. Mm-hmm. And it was really controversial at the time because the song she chose and the dancing she chose was she just shaking that booty. She was really shaking it with these like giant robots, like <laughs> kind of grinding <laughs> up against them. Weird. Was she scantily clad? She was also scantily clad, yes. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a. Uh... There are worse things, but I mean, for a little kid's show, obviously, yeah, you know, you should be a little bit more conservative, I, I, I suppose, would be the right word, you know? Yeah. Because they, they, are, they are little kids, after all. For example, I don't think Lollipop should be a kid's song, even though it is, because it's not actually about the candy Lollipop. It's about something else. I'll let you guys use your imagination and figure that one out. <laughs> but definitely, ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. definitely not a kid song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, some of those really old songs, like from like like the early days, like even like like thirties, forties, fifties, and stuff. Some of them were, they seemed very innocent on the outside, 
Mm-hmm. But what they were actually talking about was actually, yeah, you know, some might say vulgar. You know, yeah. they're 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 hiding it in a very uh, a good way. I guess he's good. You know, it's yeah. But music I do find it hilarious. Music's music. It's it's kind of I think it's yeah. been always been that way. If you look at it through history, there's always been very crude songs available. <laughs> <laughs> Which mm-hmm. I think I think I talked about one on the show before called Fair Phyllis uh, by a dude named, I think his name is John Farmer. And um, the, the lyrics are something like Fair Phyllis, uh, was, uh, she was tending her flock, you know, and then, you know, her lover couldn't find her and up and down he looked or whatever. But when, when you get to the part where it says up and down, you have, you know, the up and down is separated between different voices and they all say up and down, up and down, up and down. But it's, you know, the way it, it's very sexual, the way it's done. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> but anyways, let's get to it. The Marley Woods. So this one was suggested by Dick Cheese McGee on Discord. <laughs> nice. One, one of my favorite uh, handles on that particular outlet, which by the way, oh, yeah. we, we do have a Discord. If you'd like to join us, come along and say hi there. So this was uh, yeah, yeah. With a name like that, you got to assume that person has a, a very good sense of humor. Oh yeah, has to be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's who suggested the topic, and it was voted on on uh, Patreon. Our top tier subscribers get to vote on the upcoming topic, and I was really surprised that this is the one that won because one of the other options was Roswell, and I thought for sure they were going to choose Roswell, like for sure, hundred percent. But nope. The uh, let me look up the percentages here real quick. There was one topic that nobody voted voted for, and it was between this one and Roswell. So we have, yeah, Roswell. Oh, the Anunnaki. I was surprised nobody went for that one either. And the Marley oh, Woods. Seventy five percent of the people went for the Marley Woods. I was really surprised by that. So I was totally well, expecting. It's not, it's not all that surprising because, like the um, you know, Skinwalker Ranch. I mean, Marley Woods. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's. <laughs> I was making a joke there, but like, yeah, they're very similar, but like, uh, there is counters that people have had different experiences and stuff. And it spans the whole gamut of like the, the paranormal UFO cryptid, uh, everything is there, you know, and it's, it's actually kind of amazing how, how many yeah. different experiences people have had and the stories that you hear coming out of this area. And, and like, uh, just to be clear also, like, like the name Marley Woods is a fictitious name made up. By I think it was it was Ted Phillips I believe was it that made up that name because out of respect for like the people who own the yeah. ranches in the area and stuff they didn't he didn't want to like you know have all sorts of different people come out there and, and visit that area you know uh, just to be you know I don't know like to see what they can see and stuff like that you know but they wanted to respect their privacy which is you know totally respectable I, I understand that you know what I mean and also that got him and his uh, crew in closer with them too to uh you know investigate what was going on there but yeah so you can't if you look up on a map you're not going to see marley woods anywhere on a map it's it's a a certain area of southern missouri that is is you know has experiences and stuff and and there's a lot of stuff going on there you know it's just it's an area uh that is called marley woods by yeah go ahead and oh sorry you cut out there i thought you were done talking but yeah, and to be fair, we have gone over cases on the show before where people coming to an area, as I guess you yeah. could call them UFO tourists, you know, roughly speaking, have been uh, not such nice guests. For example, with the uh, Kelly Goblins, if you remember, as soon as that hit the news, 
that farmhouse was absolutely mm-hmm. swarmed and trampled with people coming to get souvenirs or to get yeah. a glimpse of the little green men or whatever. And it was so bad that the family living there, they left, but then they're like, well, they're going to steal yeah. all our stuff if we're not home. So then they went back. They didn't have locks on any of their doors. Mm-hmm. They had no way of keeping anybody out. People just kept coming and going and they would, you know, grab a souvenir yeah. here and there to take home with them and stuff. It was well, it's got you know, to suck for the people that <laughs> pretty actually shitty live behavior. in that area and they're actually trying to make a living in that area, what have you, whether they be ranchers or what have you. But like, you know, it, they're just trying to, like, they don't want any of this stuff to happen, you know, it, it, but it is, you know, according to them, you know, and uh, so I, I got to feel sorry for them. You know, it, it, it must, it must suck that like, like their everyday lives are interrupted by this kind of stuff. They don't want it to happen. You know, they, they would rather just be ranchers and farmers and go on with their day-to-day life, making their living the way that they want it to, or their, the way they want it to, you know, like, so. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I've seen yeah. a couple of names out there that, you know, uh, within the research that I did uh, in this podcast, and I won't say the names out of respect for them because, you know, for a long time they have wanted to be anonymous, basically. So I'll respect that. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, this was, I think we mentioned, uh, I think ETA mentioned as the main researcher for this area was Ted Phillips, but he did work with a couple of other people. For example, Thomas Ferrario who did an interview that mm-hmm. I listened to with the Black Vault Radio. But, I mean, there's so many interviews with various people involved with this that I couldn't possibly listen to all of them. Luckily, Ether did listen to a couple of them, I believe. I did. Yeah, and she'll be able to talk to a, a little bit on that. But, um, so yeah, as ETA said, it was uh, the area supposedly like a fictitious name for a real area, and a lot of people don't like that because... I mean, if the location's secret, then it might as well be a fictitious story, right? But uh, is it really a secret, or do we know where it is? It turns out, well, people sort of speculated that it might be Morehouse, you know, or, you know, the Morley Woods instead of the Marley Woods, or that it might be near Rover. But uh, some, I guess some people were able to identify the actual area from pictures that Ted Phillips provided and they compared that to Google Earth images and were able to identify the exact area. Clever, clever. <laughs> Which is, uh, yeah, I mean, it's I, I'm not too concerned about hiding the area because, like, if you do a quick Google search, it's going to show up in the first 10 results you can find it. It's, like, not yeah. that hard to find at all for any, anybody who wants to find it is going to be able to. It's, like, super easy. It's not, I like, I didn't mm-hmm. have to put that much effort into it, you know? <laughs> but all right so this one is a little different because there's not like a narrative so much most of the stuff we do has some sort of narrative you know these people went here they experienced yeah, that an exact story happened, kind of a thing this one this is, one is yeah this one has it's just an area with a ton of weird shit that happens there yeah kind of like, like a the, hot spot yeah just like the exactly watcher, it's, that's what the they skin call it wa- watcher what, what the hell am i talking about the skinwalker ranch it shares some similarities with that area, even though that area, we know exactly where it is. Everybody does. You know, it's, it's a very well-known area, um, set of uh, reports and stories and stuff. And But, like, this one is, um, there's, a, there's at least as much stuff going on here than there is there. And, like, anytime you, uh, if you were to look into uh, Marley Woods or what have you, any of the stories that go on in this uh, this area... You'll find a lot of similarities. I mean, there, there's there's everything from light ball activity, 
energy anomalies, paranormal activity, um, cryptids. You know, I, I mean, it's, it's alien uh, activity and stuff. I mean, it's, it's like everything is there. It seems like one of those spots where it's just a plain yeah. hot spot. If you were to take everything at face value and, and believe it, what have you, then like, I don't know, like it's been described that this might be one of those areas in the country or in the world that actually like, you know, maybe there might be like a, a portal to a parallel dimension or something like that has been described or that this is the reason why that might, there might be this much activity. Cause like, it's just, it seems like there's, there's everything there and it seems to be like some people describe it as being like interdimensional type experiences where, you know, it's not, like I said, it's not just, you know, cryptids or, or aliens it's also paranormal and light ball action and people yeah I, I, we'll, we'll get into it later obviously all these tours but it's a it's a, a big hot spot it's very interesting yeah for sure i was actually surprised at you know when i was reading about the stuff related to ted phillips there's actually not a ton of information but once i was able to find out the location of where this happened and i could look up stuff on let's say like new fork or whatever or databases or just look for sightings in the area there is a Oh, ton yeah. of sightings. There are so many sightings in this area. It yeah. just it's unbelievable. Like I'm only doing a small fraction of them. And you know, I was I was gonna not take as many notes on this stuff so I could go fart around and promote the show on social media for a, a little bit before we recorded, but I found so much stuff that I was just taking notes pretty much up until the time we had to set up. I did take, you know, fifteen minutes off to go hang out with the dogs on the couch, but <laughs> other than that yeah man there is so many encounters here like it's really surprising actually and a lot of them um they seem pretty good you know and there's like eta was saying there's different ufo sightings you know like triangles and stuff there's cattle mutilations there's actually ufo abductions there's one of the things i want to talk about is a cattle like a livestock and cattle mutilation which we'll get into later but yeah, that was, that was one like one of the stories that I heard yeah. was was very surprising. It was one of those things where it's like, holy mother of God! If I would have gone through that, then I don't know what the hell I would have done. Like it's it's some of that shit's crazy, dude. I mean, it's it's but yeah, like I said, we'll get into that later. Yeah, there's yeah, there's some pretty crazy stories from the area. The most common sightings seem to be orbs or balls of light. And I actually have a photograph that I posted in the live show chat on Discord or a series of photographs taken by a security camera that maybe I'll talk about that later if I get the chance. But these sightings seem to go back a really long time. They're not sure mm-hmm. exactly how far back. Like when I was listening to that interview earlier uh, with Thomas Ferrario, he said that they were trying to find out if even Native Americans were yeah. reporting strange things in the area when they were unable yeah. to find that out. But yeah, it goes back. It goes back. <laughs> this is not yeah, a he new said, thing at all. He said that like There's the reason why they weren't able back. to verify that is because in that particular area, it, you have to go really far back in order to have actual like like Native Americans haven't been there for for some time. So. There wasn't really, there's not really a, t- a ton of Native Americans in the area still. And certainly they're not, you know, they haven't passed on the stories. Because, uh, you know, in Native American culture, a lot of what they, like their their cultural stories that they passed on were from, you know, word of mouth. You know what I mean? So y- you'd have to rely on that. And that hasn't been there in a while. So he just couldn't, they weren't able to find that. You know what I mean? So, which is understandable considering the yeah. history of the area, you know? Yeah. So I guess that's the basic exposition of the Marley Woods of what we're talking about. 
So who wants to talk first about Should whatever they were looking at for this case? Why the hell not? Let me, okay. Let me drop them Let's balls, baby. Let's, Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> Anyways, so <laughs> so like I was uh, alluding to before, one of the things that really, one of the stories that really um, stood out to me uh, was one of a, uh, a a livestock mutilation. And there's a lot of stories in the area from the ranchers that, are, are, that live there and work there. Um, some of them have you know, behind some of their barns and stuff, it's been told that they have like, you know, piles of, of cattle and such that have been mutilated. And they also are mutilated in, in a very similar way to a lot of different stories that you hear throughout the nation uh, when you hear about this kind of stuff. So they have, you know, cows, cattle, or what have you, with like their skulls stripped down to the bone. They have uh, genitals that have been taken out. No blood, by the way. It's, it's a very common trait sometimes in these stories where you hear, you know, you have these mutilation of, of these livestock, but there's no blood around it. Like it, it's almost like, you know, like also like similar to uh chupacabra, right. Where like the blood sucker, right. Where the, they, they, you know, chupacabra mutilates a uh, cattle or what have you, but you don't have a lot of blood or anything like that, like laying around it. It's very un, un, unusual, you know? And one of the things is also very unusual is like um, a lot of these carcasses, they don't have necessarily like like marks on them or what have you from like predators, like like you know like uh, like coyotes or or maybe even wolves in some area that might obviously prey on on these carcasses. It's easy food, so why wouldn't they, right? But they don't. So so you have a lack of blood, you have a lack of uh, markings or or you know um, predators preying on this, these these easy you know uh, corpses, these easy targets, you know. And then you also have like like a lack of insects and stuff too. It's almost like like any predators or insects, they don't even want to mess with these corpses. You know what I mean? Like they they for some reason, like like they're they keep away from them. And and who knows what that is? What reason that is? You know. But like so, anyways. Um. So one of the one of the uh, the incidences that Ted Phillips had had a. Uh, um, investigated was from one of these ranchers and I won't say his name, even though I did find out his name, I believe, uh, but I couldn't verify it. But at any rate, this, so this rancher had a prized like riding horse that he had been keeping in a stable and stuff. And, and, you know, he was his favorite horse. Right. And so, uh, in the morning, um, I wasn't able to find out the exact date that this happened. Uh, but in the morning, this rancher goes out and makes his rounds. Right. Um, he's, you know, one of his first stops is, you know, at his horse stable at, with his prized horse. He, he brought him out some sugar, you know, and, and like, you know, visited with him for a little while. And then he went on the rounds, you know, um, he, you know, checking fences, everything like the kind of stuff that you, you have to do as a farmer slash rancher, whatever you consider yourself as you have to check your fences. You have to check your livestock. You have to go around and make sure everything's in order. If there's anything to fix, you got to make, make make note of that or fix it, you know, right there in real time. Because, you know, there's a lot of responsibilities there. If you have a hole in a fence, you could, you know, that could be a serious issue, right? So, um, this rancher is, you know, he's, he's making his rounds around his, uh, his yard and stuff, you know, his, his, uh, his property. And he's, he, he claims that he is within like a quarter mile of the, uh, the stables at all time and direct vision of it. Right, and uh, he makes his rounds real quick in, in this one particular area, and then he comes back to the stables, uh, and, and, and he describes it as being within like 25 minutes from when, he, when the last time he saw his horse, 
And so he goes back to the stables and, and, and looks in and sees like, you know, this, that stable door for that horse is open. He's like, whoa, wait a minute. I know why I closed that. Like, I, I know it wasn't, you know, because this guy is, you know, is a very responsible uh, individual. He, he's, you know, he, he's a hard worker and stuff. So he, he knows that, like, you know, that he, he closed the door before. And then, um, so he, he goes in there and he sees basically, a, a, you know, a scene out of a horror movie. He sees it like this horse is basically, it looks like he has been like exploded apart, like from the inside, almost like you put a piece of meat into a microwave and like, like put it on for too long and then it exploded all over the microwave, you know what I mean? But inside of a horse stable, you know what I mean? He describes like chunks of meat, like lowing, like a uh, hanging from the lower rafters of the barn and stuff. And, and um, like, like the horse is basically like unrecognizable from, you know, the form it was before. And this is all within like 25 minutes. He says that he doesn't like, uh, he didn't hear anything. He didn't even see anything. Like he just like, like came back uh, 20 to 25 minutes later and found the horse basically blown up within its own stall. Like it, like there was flesh everywhere from what he describes. And, um, like, uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it's an amazing thing, uh, in a bad way, obviously, you know, and, uh, it, like I said before, and that's what I was alluding to, like, if I would have gone through this, holy mother of God, like th what, what a horrible event to go through, you know, like j just with a small span of time. Yeah. And can you imagine, can you imagine know, having right? to clean that and, up? And, like, yeah, yeah. What an adventure I, that must God, have been. Good Lord, and he he uh, told like Ted Phillips about this, and they tried to take samples, but he waited like somewhere around a week or so because he was so traumatized by the event. I mean, keep in mind this was like these ranchers and their horses, like like it's like you know like like a, it's a strong bond. It's like it's like a you know a man and his dog, you know, or anybody and their dog if they really love their dog. Like I'm a dog lover. You know, like, like, uh, like they're, they're, they, they, they are part of the family, you know, they're, they're very important to you. You know, they're like one of your kids, you know, I mean, like you love them fully and, you know, like for something like this to happen to, to something, you know, like a horse that he loved like that, it was, it took a great toll on him. And, uh, the farmer actually, after letting Ted Phillips and his crew, like try to take samples and stuff. Um, he actually ended up burning down the barn because he just couldn't, he couldn't look at the barn anymore because, because this, is, this had happened in the barn and he just couldn't deal with it. So he ended up burning down the barn and it, it wasn't a new barn. It was, it was pretty old already by the time, like it wasn't rickety, but you know, I, I guess he just like, he was just like, you know what, F it, like I'm going to burn this barn down. I don't, I don't want to look at it anymore because this had happened inside this barn, you know? So but one of the things um, is also weird about the event is like even after like, you know, um, pieces of that corpse and stuff had sat there for a while, there was no smells, no odors, uh, bugs, weren't, like there, there weren't any like maggots on the on the corpse or anything like that. Like and, and predators hadn't gone up to it and tried to, you know, like like feed themselves, what have you, you know. So it's one of those similar things where it's very odd like the, the, the whole way around, you know what I mean? So like the, like, yeah, I mean, this, this property owner was greatly affected by this. And, uh, also like there's just some odd things going on 
you know, at the same time, like I said, you know, like, like with, with the bugs and no predators trying to get at the corpse and stuff. And then you would think in these areas that would be a given, you know what I mean? Like at least predators would, they would try to get a free meal or an easy meal. Right. I mean, it'd be pretty plain and simple that that, that would happen at least coyotes or something or, or bugs, especially. Right. All right. That you would think, like I said, that you would think that yeah, would be an weird. automatic, like, like any, any piece of meat sitting there decaying, what have you and anywhere, you're going to get maggots, you're going to get flies, but, but that didn't happen with this. And that is really freaking odd to me. But like, I, I, I know, uh, in, uh, an interview I saw, um, not just, a, a it wasn't, a, um, Thomas Fiaro. He was like recanting like Ted Phillips's like a uh, assertion of this, you know, his, his opinion of it, where he actually thought like the way that like this animal had basically like exploded, I guess, you know, um, he, he thought it was, and this isn't the only thing like that, like, uh, had happened there, but he thought it was due to like, like a micro microwave radiation, which, which, uh, I mean, there's a, a couple different stories that they had. I, I have heard, um, them talk about in interviews where they thought that micro microwave radiation had something to do with, uh, you know, the experience that they had. And there's also physical effects that, you know, I've heard, I've heard, you know, uh, especially Thomas Fierro or Fiario, is that how you pronounce his name? I forget. But anyways, uh, he had some physical effects from some of the experiences that he had. I heard described on a, a podcast or two that I had listened to and he thought it lined up with, uh, with some of the experiences that like, it was caused by the experiences that they had, you know, which is very odd. But, you know, also the way he describes it, it kind of makes sense, you know, I don't know, but like, uh, but at, at any rate though, like, uh, that's one of those, uh, stories that like, it really stuck with me because like, like I, I like horses, horses are badass dude. And they're also pretty, pretty intelligent too. I think they're a lot like some dogs and I have a high opinion of dogs, by the way, I, I think some of them are a lot more intelligent than we give them credit for, you know, but like, uh. It, it's a uh, that would I, I could definitely relate to that if that would have happened to me um i'd be devastated you know i i would be absolutely destroyed because you know that was obviously with this rancher this particular horse was his favorite and uh he you know was was it was his good buddy you know in a way you know so like uh yeah that's that's one of those stories that stuck out to me and it like i was like holy shit dude i don't know what i would do if that had happened to me, you know? Well, and I, I wonder if you had other he horses. Did. Like, it's almost like there's some force that knows that this yeah. is his prize horse. Well, you and, know, and, and Ted Phillips horse. and Thomas uh, Fiario, uh, they had described like some of the forces that are uh, um, there on the, on the, on those ranches. It seems like they, they were very intelligent and like they knew what they were doing. And like when they made themselves present as well, and like they, they would react to what they were doing. Like as soon as they put the, put away the cameras and stuff, all of a sudden they would have an event happen, you know, or they would have, they would have like a, back in those days, they had like, like, you know, some of the stuff, the recording equipment they had was like VH, VHS uh, tapes and stuff. Like their, their batteries would get wiped. Their VHS tapes would get wiped, you know? And, um, and like, they would just have all the equipment they ever brought on there would always be affected in some way, shape or form that wasn't natural to what they had experienced like in other areas or what have you, you know? 
So like, uh, you know, it's, it's, and you hear that often, like, like with uh, paranormal investigations and stuff, you know, where like, you know, people will take like camcorders or whatever kind of electric uh, equipment into an area, into a house. And then like, it seems like the entity or whatever it is that they're dealing with there were actually, it will actually like, like draw energy from those batteries or from that equipment, what have you in order to like fuel themselves or, or if anything, just like, you know, d- deter the investigation that they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. That's one of the more common things. Also, a lot of people who were seeing things like UFOs and orbs for this case said that every time they would try to film it, the orb or UFO would just disappear mm-hmm. as soon as they took out their camera yeah. or phone or whatever it was. Which is kind of strange. I mean, you do see that on occasion, but it's not that common yeah. for people to report that. You know, usually it's more common for them to say, "Well, I took a picture, but it didn't yeah, come yeah. out in the picture." You just can't well, see it. It's very there interesting or too, like because that. like like we were talking about like uh, some of the stories that uh, are you know have been you know available in this area for a long time. Um, there was a lady named uh, Marilyn Jackson. Um, who you know was uh, lived in the area since like the 1870s, and she was uh, she was there for quite some time, and she I think she lived to something about like the age of 93 or something like that. But she had she had given an uh, interview, um, which she uh, she described like when when her and her cousins and her her uh, siblings were out in the fields in that exact area playing around, they would actually um, find like child sized like baseball sized like white lights. And even smaller lights, and they would play with them in the woods at night. And uh, like, like, like her and her cousins and her, mm. her uh, family members, uh, they they would like throw them out into the woods, and then they would come back, you know, and like they could hold them in the palms of their hands, you know. And then you know, it's 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 something like that. Like like it, these stories have been in this area for a long time, you know. It, it's uh, she says that her her family had already uh, always like associated the lights with UFOs. And I don't know exactly. Cause that, that particular interview, like what I saw from it, I, I didn't, there wasn't a whole lot of information about it. It's just like that she had made this statement, I guess you could say, you know what I mean? But like, you know, that, that is one thing you could look at and say, Hey, this, this is, these stories have been in this area for a long damn time. And, and whatever is going on here, like the, there is a quite a bit of information to substantiate it. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It, it's a it, it's it's pretty crazy. This is a this is a definite hot spot, you know. And there there's so much going on there. But like, uh, yeah. but, I mean, so so what kind of like uh, stories and stuff do you guys have about this area? I have a bunch. But what before I talk about my stuff, why don't you go, Agent Ether? All right. Well, I watched a couple of interviews that I found with Ted Phillips um, on YouTube, and they're older. Um, he did unfortunately pass away in 2020. But there was one from 2009. He spoke at the Ozark UFO conference and he talked about these mystery lights and he had some specific, uh, I guess, clusters of events that he would kind of categorize. So one of these categorizations were mystery lights and he called them the Southern and Northern mystery lights. And he said, you know, one would appear like in the south or, uh, south, and it would grow brighter and brighter and then it would get dim and then one would appear in the north right after. And he had a lot of pictures and you can see in the pictures and he describes them as being perfectly circular and amber in color. 
And once he said one passed over him, and it looked like two light gray circular areas, and there were no other lights, so he thought the orange light was almost didn't he directional. Call, did, didn't he call Not them like was, amber lights, like in general? Because like the the pictures that I've seen, like that that he had, like that you can't see the amber light, but he said when like uh, in interviews, like when you saw it in real light, like it looked more amber than like some of the pictures that he had uh, caught. Yeah, and the pictures they are certainly they're reddish in color. Mm-hmm. You can definitely see them. Um, just a moment. Aging Ether is covering her mouth while she's talking. Sorry. I was, so you can't can't hear anything oh, she's saying. You. I was going to sneeze. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he said that these lights, he was so excited about these pictures. He said these lights were heaven sent. And I don't think he means they were angelic or anything. He just, I think he was excited about seeing them and being able to take photographs of them. Yeah. Being able to witness them firsthand. I mean, how many ufologists go and investigate areas know, and actually right? get to witness this is This is, this is one, of those, of one of those spots where, yeah, like, not you that know many. What? I, I just, I think I put it on my bucket list because it has, it's a hot spot where I'd like to go visit it one day, go in the area and see if I can see something, you know, it'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. I wasn't super familiar with this particular case before I started reading about it, but. Um, after I started reading about it, my first thought was, man, I got to go there sometime, mm-hmm. you know, because this stuff is apparently so common that you can just go on any given weekend, maybe camp out somewhere and have yeah, a reasonable chance of seeing something. something, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Just go get an Airbnb out there on a farm somewhere, you know, and just kind of chill, drink some beers oh, yeah. and just see what pops out, you know? <laughs> that would be awesome. So in his interview, he just kind of goes over case after case that he's encountered. He talks about a group of people, and they saw a large object appear on the ground very close by, and it hung around for an hour, an hour and a half, on December 12th of, I think, the year before that. So 2008, there was an owner on the property, and there's videos and photos, and the owner of this property told Ted he thought it almost looked like a tunnel, the lights that he was seeing. And Ted said he'd never thought of a portal as a possibility before someone had suggested it to him, but the more he thought about it, the more it made sense to him. Hmm. And then he talked about someone who was on the phone and then all of a sudden their phone's going crazy, you know, he's getting a lot of static, and then 300 feet in front of him appears a light. And then more appear until there's four total on the horizon in a straight line. And they didn't illuminate anything around them. They were like self-contained. There was no light on the ground or nearby trees. And then they took off over some cows in a field. And there was no reaction from the cows as they silently flew over. Hmm. In another example, he said there were three people in church and they were looking out at the cemetery and they saw these stationary balls of light, and they would travel vertically and then back to the middle and down in like this pattern over and over again. And a lot of witnesses describe either yo-yo or pendulum type, like patterns of movement to these lights. So they're not always shooting off into the distance. A lot of times there's almost, you know, some sort of order about them. 
Reminds right? me of the Charlie Red yeah. Star case. And, well, and also, like, some of the physical effects of, yeah. of these light beams and stuff that people have uh, reported as seeing is, like, some of them even, like, like they look like their light beams are, like, searching or scanning across pastures. And then, like, like you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be coming out of the sky, like, coming from nothing, basically. Uh, potentially, maybe a portal. You know what I mean? And then, like, once they get towards the people who are actually observing them, then they'll just turn off. You know, once they like, you know, they get right there, you know, and even, even, uh, Ted Phillips had, I remember in a, a interview that I watched him, uh, or I listened to, um, he said that he described the exact same thing, you know, that they were, they were in a, a deer blind and they were just sitting there with their, their equipment, their cameras, you know, and, and stuff like that. And, and, uh, like they happened to observe, like once they put away their cameras, like he describes very, very many times over, once they put away their cameras, that's when the activity actually started happening. And like, that, that's one of the things that he, uh, I remember saying, he says quite a bit in his interviews is where like, it seems like the energy or the entity or whatever that they're experiencing in, in that area, it seems to be intelligent. Like they don't really start to get active until you're not paying attention, you know, which, which, which some could say is like, all right, well, that's convenient. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So so, but yeah. I mean, if I don't know, cause I'm not there experiencing it, you know what I mean? So it, it could be something where like you're, it, it could be a constant frustration where you're like, damn it, I'm sitting here putting this all, all this effort into trying to observe this and capture it. But then every time I turn off my damn cameras, that's when it happens. Like I'd get pissed to be honest. Like I, I would get real frustrated real quick. You know what I mean? Like with that kind of stuff. So like I don't know it, it's one of, you believe it or not you know it's, it's whether you want to believe it or not it, like yeah I don't know but this is what he, uh, a lot of people describe experiencing in this area you know yeah well luckily there are yes. photos yes and there, there is. are videos available so there's not as many as you would like and like you were describing. You know, there were a lot of cases where people couldn't capture video, but there yes, also were cases where they could and. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, and like I said, I posted a couple of photos in the Discord chat there. So if you want to see those, and they, they look like what a lot of the witnesses are saying. You know, it's just like, um, this one looks a little yellowish to me, but it's just an orb of light. And you could, these are frames from, from a video, but I don't know, maybe I'll talk about that in a bit. But all right, should I get to some of the cases yeah, that bro. I took notes on? Or did you oh, have more stuff you no, wanted to say? I have more stuff. Oh, you're over there yawning at me. No, I was giving you my shocked face. How dare you? I was done. I didn't know you were. You did. You weren't. You weren't talking. I'll talk right now. All right, let's do it. All right. So same same conference. He's still talking like I'm talking, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's discussing you know uh, the number of reports. So he's had six reports of some unseen force, twenty two reports of cattle and horse deaths, and he described how once a herd of cattle broke through their steel corral and they would break through several times a week and act very anxious and they would get so nervous their owner couldn't approach them. And then a couple months later, the owner was standing in his cabin watching the herd in the field and it seemed like something was collecting them like into a tight pack and then driving them into a corner near a barbed wire fence. And he said it felt like there was some invisible force. And the cows just were so distraught and so anxious, he, he couldn't keep them. He decided to get rid of them all and get a new herd. 
And when they went to move them into the haulers, these cows were just going going crazy, not calm, you know, they not reacting like they should just Weird. for being moved. Yeah. So Ted said that they'd put up cameras and they were monitoring the new herd, but I didn't, I wasn't able to find anything else about that. And he talked about the prize horse and the rancher. And then he also talked about these giants, these oh, yeah. white giant yeah. animals. And they actually got some, some hair these? samples from yeah. like some of the fences, yep. didn't they? Yeah. Yes. So they have castings, they have hair samples, and they said they sent it to a lab and they couldn't match it to any known hair samples that they had in the lab. He said it created a lot of uh, excitement. And there's been a lot of witnesses these things are apparently two to 300 pounds. And once there was a farmer and he pulled out like this high powered rifle and there's like a group of three of them and he shot one in the front shoulder and the shoulder yeah. turned red like it was bleeding, but none of them reacted. They just kept on walking. They walked up and over a six foot barbed wire fence and just mm -hmm. disappeared. Hmm. Weird. <laughs> Which is just, you know, crazy. And Ted was saying, you know, he has a dog and he's 150 pounds. He's like a sheep dog. And when they go out hunting these, these white giants, his dog will get very nervous. And his dog, you know, he leaves maybe, I guess, little tracks. And he was comparing them to these uh, animal tracks. And he said they were like five feet wide and the claws of the animal's these white giants were the size of his middle finger, mm. like just the claws. Mm. So he said they were huge. Like That's a big So what bitch. kind of thing is going to make... Yeah, exactly. And he said they left like very, very deep indents, like an uh, inch and a half into the ground. Sounds like they got polar bears down there. In, in, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Let's see. And he said... Uh, he was talking to a husband and wife, and they were out sitting in their, on their patio, and the light was on in their house, so it was dark outside, but the light was illuminating uh, their fence, and they saw these large white animals at the fence, and their Jack Russell Terrier, <laughs> they hear it tearing up from the back, and it's like barking, and it just comes out running, and then it skids to a stop about 20 feet from the animals and lays down completely flat, hmm. like submissively. Huh. And the property owner jumped out of his chair, which made a noise, and the animals looked directly at him. And he told Ted, he's like, I don't want to make a big deal about this, but he hadn't ever seen a face like the things had. And finally they turned around and they just calmly walked off into the darkness. What did their faces look like? I don't know. It just said... They'd never seen a face like that. Now, Ted said they had a video unit recording at the fence at that moment in time. Uh -huh. But I didn't see the video and he didn't share it. So he just said, oh, it'll be really interesting to see what's on the film. Uh -huh. So it made it sound like it was a very recent incident, but it was kind of confusing because he didn't yeah. have the film. So I wasn't sure. Well, if he's doing an interview, I mean, you would check that film immediately. You wouldn't 
you know, you probably wouldn't need it developed or anything like that. You would just take a look right away, right? So that's kind of weird. I don't know. It was kind of weird. And he talked about how there was a Bigfoot sighting. Yeah, which from what I understand right is the only the Bigfoot area. sighting in the entire area. Like 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 m- many states abound. Like Yeah, just like that one. Yeah. And he went on to make a lot of comparisons to Skinwalker Ranch. So it's not just other people who are making this comparison. He's making it too, and he's drawing kind of like... Um, parallels from Skinwalker Ranch. He also talked about an incident. There was a dad and his young boy, sounds like a younger than a teenager, and they observed a very intense red light, and as it moved across the sky, it was emitting wavy bands of blue mm. and red. Weird. And he said it was picked up by the video camera, like the young boy had um, good quality video excellent photos, but he went up to the house to make a copy of the video. I'm assuming it was VHS. And the mother had accidentally taped oh, over no. it. <laughs> That's what <laughs> of he course. said. An accident. <laughs> <laughs> but he said he's down there with the boy. And uh, he, the, he said they, they heard a strange sound, which is unusual because a lot of these reports, whatever's happening is silent. And they're telling Ted, they're trying to describe what the sound is. And the man's getting up on the picnic table and he's kind of walking on it and jumping on it, trying to describe the sound of the picnic table when the thing passed overhead. So Ted gets a hold of it and kind of scoots it across the concrete. And the witness was like, yeah, that's the sound. That's the sound I heard. So somehow the, the object, maybe it was vibrating or just emitting some sort of like a me- electromagnetic field, and it moved the moved the table. Hmm. Weird. What are we flagging? What? Why are we flagging? What Nothing. happened? It's flagging me. Uh, he's pressing the flag button. It's just a random flag. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's another interview in 2013, and it talks about more recent sightings, more recent for 2013. So after the 2009 interview and he's really excited because he's kind of moving at this point into the paranormal he doesn't really sound like he wants to make a judgment here like it's more like he's reporting on what he investigates on what he's finding that is happening so he's talking about these orbs of light anywhere from the size of a baseball to a beach ball and he said there were more and more reports of them inside homes and buildings Hmm. so that's why it made him wonder is it all ufos and extraterrestrials there's something more to them yeah i mean there's all sorts of yeah and there's all sorts of speculations as far as like is it is this a place where the veil is thin are these perhaps interdimensional beings that sort of thing you know or like the the deal with the portals or what is coming through the portals you know and you mentioned that he had a certain number of cases of um, like invisible force kind of a deal. Yeah. But some of those witnesses I saw, yeah, they they describe it as some of them say like something invisible like pushed them to the ground and held them there, you know, like an invisible force interacting with things, sort of like a poltergeist. That's what, you know, some people generally call poltergeist activity. But in this case, there's other weird stuff going on at the time. So it might be considered not necessarily like a poltergeist but more of like uh i don't know (laughs) i don't who the heck knows you know 
So this interview is in 2013, and he said by this point he has 227 witnesses just in the Marley area who have reported things to him that he's been able to investigate. And he just has example after example of people and their experiences and what they saw. He reports on a triangular-shaped object, but he said it was glassy across the surface and it had almost a fluid motion underneath, which I thought was very interesting. Hmm. And he said the UFO sightings seemed to be increasing over time instead of, of decreasing. And he just said the way things move, the way the, the, the light balls moved, he wasn't sure if they were a life form, if they were biomechanical, because they would go through those specific maneuvers and sometimes repeat them over and over again, or if they were paranormal. He just said he didn't think they were you know, of this earth. They're definitely something different. Yeah, but a lot of the people who talk about this case, they don't go to the, you know, the nuts and bolts interstellar traveler route. You know, they, it's more of a paranormal kind of a thing. Whatever that means, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what are you waiting for, Agent Ether? I don't know. In case you have something else to say. Oh, nope. Uh, I was just... Piping in there a little bit. What I found was interesting about his interviews, these two interviews, was not only does he describe, you know, interviews that he's had of witnesses, but he discusses his own experiences as well. So he's talking about, you know, what he saw firsthand, not just stories that he's heard about secondhand. Yeah. And that's, again, that's one of the interesting things I think we already mentioned, but I don't, I'm not familiar with any case where the investigator goes to investigate and they actually see stuff firsthand instead of just interviewing witnesses. Right. So he gets to report on what he's seeing as well. And then he can compare it to eyewitness accounts and see if it, there's any correlation. Yeah. All right. That's what I have for the, <laughs> those interviews. <laughs> Uh, but he gave a lot of interviews. He was on television a lot. He spoke at conferences. He was an active member of different UFO societies. So, yeah, quite a guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ted Phillips. Yeah. He's, yeah. dude, he's a legend. He's investigated so many cases. We've talked about some of the cases he've, he's investigated. Like, for example, the Lonnie Zamora case. The guy's dude, been around I mean, he's, for a long time. And he's, he worked he's, with he's some of legend. the biggest names, like the dude's you know, a legend. Jay he's the Heineck founder and, and director of, of yeah. the Center for um, uh, Ph- uh, Physical Trace Research, uh, or, or the Center for Physical Trace Research. You know, I mean, like the yeah, yeah. I guess he went and he was responsible for looking yeah. at thousands of cases in like yeah. ninety different countries. Like he traveled around the world. He's not just well, hanging out in Marley specific, Woods. Specific like he's type of cases, physical trace cases, which which he has, you know, supposedly been involved in right. more than four thousand of them, you know, in ninety different countries, like you said. So I mean, this this guy is legit. He's for real, and you know, he is a um, a very well established researcher, and he's put his time in. He put his time in, you know, while he could, you know, and unfortunately, you know. Like it, we had said before, he, he you know, unfortunately he died on March tenth, two thousand twenty-two or two thousand twenty. I'm sorry, uh, but but uh, he's yeah. a very prolific individual, and, and you know 
this type of research. Very important. Yeah, and that's why people give him a lot of credit in this case is that he's so reliable and he's described as a nuts and bolts guy. Like he doesn't go to the woo side of things. Like you might describe somebody like Jacques Vallée who goes to the more like spiritual or psychic side of the phenomenon. Whereas this guy, I guess, is more of a nuts and bolts kind of a guy, which is why it's weird that the Marley Woods, you know, he's talking about this stuff that's basically, it sounds like psychic or multidimensional yeah. or whatever you want to call it, but it's not the typical stuff that you would, you know, expect yeah. from him. So it's sort of a strange little, little uh, exception to what he normally does. He seems like a smart guy too. Um, just looking at his career, I guess he has a degree in engineering and he worked on some analysis, analyzing missiles Yeah, well, for a company. Which company? Well, he <laughs> I was don't all, remember because I didn't write it in my notes, but I remember it had something <laughs> well, to do with missiles. He was missiles, also okay? uh, mentored yeah. by uh, Dr. J. Allen Hynek. So um, that's another uh, prolific, prolific name in the industry, I guess you could say, right? Uh, whether you, whether, whatever you think about him or not, but yeah. the dude was a, an intelligent individual that did a, a plenty of own, his own uh, very involved uh, investigations and stuff, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, he worked with Project Blue yeah. Book pretty much their whole time they were there, even when they were Project yeah. Sign and Project Grudge. A very important person, in, you know, as far as all this stuff goes. Okay, I found it. He was part of the Vanguard Satellite Program and was a field engineer on the Minuteman yeah. Missile Project. Oh, wow. Those yeah. are both and, very, and very even important did projects. Stuff that yeah, was, like, so, not so important as far as that goes, but he even, like, I mean, he, he had such a long resume. I mean, he even worked for, like, the, the Missouri State Highway Department and stuff, engineering, like, highways and stuff like that, you know what I mean, which isn't an easy thing to do. But he, he gave plenty of lectures and stuff with the, the MUFON um, uh, uh, Corporation, or not Corporation, uh, what did you call it? Whatever. <laughs> he, he, yeah, mutual, yeah, the mutual yeah, UFO he, he network. He a lot of uh, lectures and stuff, you know what I mean, which were, were <laughs> very highly touted, you know, and, and he was very well respected in the industry. Yeah. All right, A.G. Neither, is that your notes? Yes, I'm actually finished this time. All right, awesome. Okay, so I'll go over a couple of sightings. I won't have a chance to get to all of them. Maybe I'll put the rest as a little bonus episode or something for uh, for Patreon. But I'll get to a few of them here because, wow, there's just so many of them. There's a couple of brief ones I noted just to get a, a flavor, a general flavor of what's going on. So, for example, in 1970, a cabin caretaker discovered a ring 10 feet in diameter burnt into the ground. Inside the ring, there were three holes in a triangle for formation, sort of suggesting maybe hey, that something had landed there, like some, a, a disc-shaped craft. What's you know? the well, sometimes, date on that? 1970. Sometimes you got to use all three holes, you know what I mean? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ted does describe um, actually these kinds of circles, yeah, like finding these circles burnt into the ground. They don't sound like crop circles. They sound different. No, no, just burnt into the ground. They're nothing, yeah. nothing fancy about them. They're not like super elaborate or, you know, anything like that. And then in 1988, we have one where witnesses saw a cigar-shaped UFO shoot beams of light onto the ground, which oh, left dude, an impression uh, in the ground. I'm planning on uh, smoking a oh, cigar yeah. ahead, uh, right after this episode, actually. I, I just picked up a, a, a bundle of cigars. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have them in my humidor, you know. I haven't had, had them there for very long, but I'll definitely pick 
there's one or two I'm, I'm very interested in trying out. The new ones to me, you know, they're they're going to be very affordable. Yes, I do. You have a humidor. I yes, had I no, do. I, I had no idea. And, and uh, I I think the cigars that I have right now are are they're supposed to be very high quality. Supposed to be. I paid high dollar for them, so I get they better fucking be. <laughs> but you never know. You never know. I, there's so many different types of cigars <laughs> and stuff out there. There's so many different flavor profiles and stuff. You just don't know what you like. Sometimes you you have to just get out there, spend the money, and find out what you don't like and what you do like. You know. So, but as of recent, like uh, I've, I've really kind of gotten into it because it's relaxing. You know, to sit out there with like a Sam Adams and a fucking a good cigar. Like it's very relaxing. You know, I like it. But I I, I hmm. uh, I digress. Yes. It has nothing Sounds to like do with what time. we're talking about. Yeah. Well, well there was a cigar shape you have so I, I guess there's that. Start talking. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in 1989, some children playing on trampoline saw a glowing white object hovering over a tree. And apparently the tree I died that, within yeah. two weeks. Uh, yeah. In December 1998, a family was watching TV when the glass on their stereo cabinet cracked suddenly they heard a noise outside and they went to investigate and they saw that their inoperable truck that didn't even have an engine i guess that you know it, it was on blocks like that kind of a thing had been somehow shoved across the ground into the garage door oh, some 12 feet away so some strange force did that like it didn't do it by itself because it didn't dude, even have a motor yeah and it, it sounds no by the description yeah, by the description, it sounds like it may have, may not have even mm -hmm. had tires on it, you know? <laughs> it was just on blocks, probably. But yeah, that one's like, wow, that's like something out of a movie. That's crazy. All right, then in June 1999, a rancher found mutilated calf, uh, cattle on their land, and a newborn calf had had all of its Ew. skin removed. And around the area, there were 20-foot diameter rings burned into the ground, and when they were looking around, I guess, on horseback, their horses didn't want to go anywhere near the yeah, rings. That's, uh, I mean, you got to trust sometimes with some like animals, like, uh, like, like horses or dogs or something like that. There's been so many like different paranormal, like, like cases I've heard where like, or even like, like dogs or, or certain types of animals, like, uh, like detecting like earthquakes before they happen, whatever, you know, or detecting like, like seeing things that you can't see, you know, like they'll be, they'll be staring off into the, there, there was actually, there was one, all right. So one of the, like, I don't, I wouldn't call it paranormal. I don't know. It was just a weird situation. I remember there was like, when I lived in this house in Banning, California, I had, I had this dog called Zeus that, um, agent Anderson knows this dog there was one point when he was like looking up at the corner of the room and like, like, like he was going like, woof, woof. Like he was like, like he, uh, he was standing off against something almost it seemed, you know? And I was like, what the hell are you doing? You know, like what the fuck you, what, what do you want? You want to, you want to go potty? You, you want some food you want to treat or something? What, what, what's going on here? But it was late at night and like I had already fed him twice that day you know so like like and i i i kept a very strict like a uh, feeding regiment with my dogs you know where they wouldn't want like table scraps i never gave them table scraps and like that so they never expected it so but like uh like it was just weird like like what what are you trying to tell me but he wasn't looking at me though he was like like just like looking up into the left or so like like up into the corner of the room like going woof 
woof. You know, like he was like like trying to like intimidate something or or stand off against something. You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes animals will do that. And and I don't know what exactly that means. You know what I mean? Like, it could be nothing, really. You know, who knows what it is? But I think sometimes also, you know, sometimes animals will perceive or or, or see something that you can't. Maybe, maybe they're in tune with a, a different uh, part of uh, the, you know, violet spectrum, whatever the fuck it is. Like, you know, like the, the ultraviolet spectric, uh, the light spectrum, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, I'm fumbling now, but... You, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so who knows? Maybe, maybe they yeah. can see something that we can't, right? But like, I, 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 I fully believe in that. Like, well, yeah. There's, there was this, there was this one time where, uh, when Toby was a puppy, not that long ago, just a few months, it seems like, I was folding some laundry in my room. And the, the door was open and Toby was just chilling with me because, you know, it's he, uh-huh. wherever I go, he usually just follows me. And he's, he reacted. He was sitting there just doing whatever, you know, whatever dogs do. But then he reacted like somebody had walked into the room and he started, he's, he started looking at him and then, you know, uh-huh. started like growling a little bit. And then, uh, and then he acted as if whatever it was walked out of the room then he turned around, he went outside and looked around the corner a little bit. Then he ran really? back in and hid behind me. I don't know. And like, like, <laughs> I was like, your dog, like, what or, the hell just like, happened? You're, and you know how, when, you know, how when a dog, like when somebody walks into the room, they'll, they look at that person and they'll like yeah. react to them as if they're, you know, when there's a person there, maybe go well, up and sniff them or something. But he was looking as if somebody had walked into the room and he was, he was like, yeah reacting to that like he backed up a little bit towards me and then he went forwards as if something had gone out and he looked and peeked around the corner oh, really? and then like he got scared or something it was what well, it was and, and creepy as hell man. i, think I don't toby know what it was good, it was super like, creepy though. character because like i mean you remember when, when i visited and stuff i met uh, toby for the first time like at first he was standing off like buddy buddy mm-hmm. was like all in like all, immediately like he's like hey a new person oh boy you know like like to- toby was like you know he, he he'd stand yeah. back a little bit and like <laughs> All right, I gotta get the gauge on this character real quick. And like, obviously, he noticed like you know that, that you, me, and, and uh, Agent Ether, you know, were like you know, like like we weren't you know enemies or nothing. So so we're we're all like a uh, buddy buddy, you know, I guess to use that word. But like, and then all of a sudden, like within like like easily within five minutes, Toby was like, oh hey, okay, all right, yeah, pet me, pet me, you know, like <laughs> he was obviously he's obviously he's more energetic than Buddy is, you know what I mean? Like like Buddy just like you can sit yeah. there and, and you can pet him all day long and he'll he'll be all right with that, you know? Like <laughs> like but those, both those dogs, man. Oh yeah. They're they're pretty awesome dogs, I gotta say. Like they're 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 good. You know, they're they're good dogs. Good boy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know? we're pretty happy with them. But like, yeah, I, I could I could trust those dogs as far as like if they would uh, have to like if they were if they perceived something that was wrong in the moment and then they were like paying attention to it and like letting you know, trying to let you know that like, hey, there's something off here. Then I, I'd have to pay attention to you know to them, you know. So yeah, it's, it's oh for uh, sure, yeah. yeah some, I, I think that there is something there. You know what I mean? Something I, I don't know what it is, but there's something yeah. there. Yeah, creep, creep me, creep me the crap out, dude. I don't know, I don't know what's going on, but it gave me the chills. I was like, and I was home uh-huh. alone too, which is always worse, you know, because 
if uh, if there's somebody else home, I could be like, oh, they were just reacting to somebody else somewhere in the house or something, but they weren't. I was just I was all by myself, and that's you know <laughs> that's what uh-huh. he did. Like what in the hell he doesn't is he doing? Normally act like that yeah, all the time, right? It's 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 out of the nope, ordinary. He never does. He's so never it, done it's that something before. You picked up on, yeah. You know, like you're you're like what? Wait, what? Like yeah, what, for what's sure. going on right now? You know, yeah, yeah. It's very strange. All right, let's get back to the episode. All right, so the next little sighting I have is in July 1999, a cow gave birth to a mummified calf. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I don't like that one. And also in July of 1999, a couple saw an illuminated craft descend into the woods near their farm. The next day, they experienced some sort of encounter where they were both pushed to the ground by an unseen force. And then on September 4th, 2008, a rancher saw two large dog-like animals walking in one of his fields. These are all just really super brief ones. They're similar to some of the other ones we've talked about, I suppose. All right. So this is getting, uh, yeah, we're about, we're about an hour here. So we're doing pretty good time-wise. So I'll just go over one more sighting and then maybe I'll do the rest in a bonus one. But there's a there's so many of these things. But this one is from an area from Alton, A-L-T-O-N. And we're starting to talk about location names here because remember I said I was able to figure out, well, it wasn't me. Somebody figured out where this actually is. <laughs> so we have some locational type stuff. So here's, here's a sighting from, um, I think I got this one from New Fork. This one was on the uh, 13th of February, 2008 at 7.38 p.m., The report says the object was about 40 degrees above the horizon and the location would be in the northwestern sky. In relation, I had been looking at the Big Dipper and commented that it was standing on its handle. Looking from that constellation's highest star moved my eyes straight across the sky to the left about 75 degrees. My husband saw it first and remarked about seeing an odd light. I saw nothing. And then it appeared. It was more shaped like an eye. Inside were maybe three different round lights, all orange and yellowish color. The object was stationary. Then the lights went out. After almost 30 seconds, they appeared again and stayed on about 20 seconds and went out. This happened twice. Although the length of time the lights shined was not constant. We have been traveling the same road for 20 years and never seen any lights like this. There are no towers in the area and it is very rural. For a size comparison, this object was about 10 times larger than the biggest star visible with the naked eye. So that's one from Alton. I actually have another one from Alton, so I'll go ahead and do that too before before we head out and then I'll call it. All right, so this one's from Alton in 2009. A couple living in the area off of Country Road 302 set up cameras. Oh, this is the one I put the images in the live chat for. So they live in the property and they have cameras all over the property for various things. I guess sometimes people will accidentally turn into their road. So they have like a little speaker so they can communicate with those people, you know, like that kind of a thing. So on the 4th of uh, July at 8.51 p.m., a camera was triggered by motion. Um, There were two other clips recorded during the next four days. And here's a quote from one of the investigators. After having played the videos frame by frame several times, 
Pete is stunned and baffled by what he sees. All three videos show a strange lit object that zooms through the video camera's field of view. The videos show an orangish sort of orb of light. Now, unfortunately, this website, the website's still there, but it appears to be like all of the articles on there are kind of like you click on it and nothing comes up. I was able to find it through the Wayback Machine, however, and that's how I got those images. It doesn't have the videos posted, unfortunately, but it does have three of the images from the first video. And I guess it went so quick that there were only... Um, there were only five frames that actually captured the object. And also it mentioned something that sort of looked like a very dim disc shaped looking object that might've triggered the camera in the first place to start it recording that may or may not be associated with this. And, you know, it, it could be a bug streaking around who knows. We don't know because I didn't see it in the video and the video is not available in its entirety. And the other two videos mentioned are not on this website either, at least not that I could find. So unfortunately, all we have are these three frames, is three out of the five frames cap captured for the mm. first video. That's all we have. But it, it looks a lot like what witnesses have been describing. It's just, you know, glowing orbs. And if you look at, it's kind of hard to tell, but if you look at the orb, it looks like it moves from frame to frame. And if you look at how quickly it sort of dies down, it would have, have had to have been moving pretty quickly. And it makes me think that maybe it's some sort of like electrical phenomenon, like maybe ball lightning is really mm -hmm. common in this area, right? I, I guess, I mean, that's, I suppose that's possible. So the investigators interviewed neighbors who hadn't seen anything at the time of the recordings, but they had seen something about the brightness of a flashlight move past their bedroom window and light up the room about two weeks before. So there it is you know, chilling in their bedroom, maybe trying to go to sleep or doing their thing. And then they just see like a flashlight pass outside their window, yeah. basically like, what? What just happened? What was that? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of weird. And also the investigators used landmarks in the area, like trees and things. And there's a fence or whatever that the orb was near to sort of estimate that the orb was probably about... 170 feet from the camera that recorded it. So we have that for this case as well. So they, um, let's see. Yeah, so that's that's all I have on this one. And it's a pretty interesting case. And I really like the fact that we yeah. had some images available for it. And so so many of these we don't. But, um, yeah, so I'll talk about, there's a couple more that I have that I'll, I'll do like a, maybe a short, little short one, like I said. But as far as that goes, that's pretty much all I got for this time. Hey, Any my, final my, thoughts, agents? Yeah, go ahead, Aether. Well, over, overall, I was going to say, I did not like the fact that so many of the videos were lost or not recorded or the video where the mother taped over. Yeah. One of the best, he said, one of the best recordings mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. And I was like, and it got taped over. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, I don't it's know convenient. about that. <laughs> it really, it really was. But overall, I felt in the interviews that Ted really believed what he was saying and that he was very passionate about it. And he really wanted to spread, you know, what his experiences yeah. were to the public. Hmm. I so agree I did with that. get that sense. I, I I think that Ted Phillips and also Thomas uh, Fiario was very genuine about what they're trying to uh, um, describe in a lot of the interviews. 
And um, I mean, I, 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 I'm leaning towards, you know, believing in them, you know, I think there are, and it's not just them either. It, it's so many, there are, there are so many people in this area that have described similar events, you know, and, and similar, uh, you know, accounts of the type of things that they've seen, you know, so it leads me towards the, the potential fact that this is one of those areas that it is quite a hot spot and, and there's a lot of activity going on here, you know, and whether you think it's a, a paranormal thing, whether you think it's a UFO or, or you know, uh, um, an interdimensional portal type of a thing, <laughs> I guess you could say, where like all these entities, whatever you happen to experience in this area, they're all... Um, connected you know uh i i i can't say one way or another whether there is you know anything particular proven going on here even though there, there seems to be quite a bit of information and maybe some facts you know uh, but it's one of those areas that is, is so extremely um interesting there's something going on here there is something going on here. I think there there are so many people that have uh, stated their own experiences and and have described you know certain experiences and stuff that you know it's just there's got to be something going on here. I don't think it. I don't think it's fake, to be quite honest. Like and maybe I'm naive. I don't know, but like I, there's something going on here. Something is going on here because of all the different things that supposedly is going on here. You know what I mean? Whether it be uh, paranormal, UFO experiences, light ball, like, in energy experiences, and stuff like that, you know, like uh, whether it be cryptids, whatever it is, like, there's so much, there's so much going on here that I like, I, like I said, I don't know what exactly is happening, but something is happening. I I, I couldn't tell you what because I've never been there myself. You know what I mean? I, you know so. But th this is one of those areas where I would love to go down there and spend, you know, a week or two just like sitting there and trying to have my own experience just to confirm that there's maybe something going on here. You know, I don't know. That, that, that's the only way I could really like, yeah. like, like truly support, you know, like what may be going on is to have my own experience, you know, and, and then say, yeah, holy crap, guys. Yeah, I saw something here. Something was going on. And, and, you know, I, 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 I'm in the camp that I, I want to believe. And, and I know I say that, you know, quite often with, with some of these stories, I want to believe. I really do. Uh, but, you know, like for anything, whether it be a ghost story or alien story, whatever it is, you know, I want to believe, but I can't necessarily fully until I, I would experience it myself. You know what I mean? So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I kind of, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, and I would definitely love just to go have a oh, vacation yeah. there, just to see. It seems like this stuff is so common. Well, your chances are spot, reasonably right? good. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, it seems like at the very least you could see an orb. I, Those seem to be I, very if, common. If I were just to but see, some of, like, like genuinely see like a light orb that is like, uh, you know, portraying some of the you know, things that you hear, uh, some of these experiences, like, like some of the people that experience like a light orb or what have you, 
like if I, I know I know that there are certain things like like you know you could have like a helicopter or, you know that has like lights on the bottom of it or something like that you might you might you know like see that and say oh no what is that right like like oh no that that's weird but like it's it's obviously like explainable that there are so many different experiences that are are could be explained very easily just because like, you know, you, you might not be in the right state of mind necessarily or always, or, or like you might, from your perspective, it might look like something like very odd. Right. But it's not, but like, like, but sometimes though, like, you know, some, some of these experiences, like they're like, if you were to experience it, like there, there is no explainable, like, like, like scenario that, you know, you could, you could rationalize it. You know what I mean? So that's the kind of thing I would love to, to experience, you know, like it's, yeah, I don't know. It's it just, I would have to experience it myself. Like I said, in order to really believe it. Yeah. There are so many accounts from the area that it's impossible to dismiss, but the unfortunate thing is like we have, we have all these fantastic accounts but really the only photographic evidence I saw was of the orbs. And a skeptic could say that that is the easiest thing to hoax. Now, I'm not saying these are hoaxes, but you have a lot of these reports of all these strange creatures, of interdimensional portals, of you know triangle-shaped UFOs, and all this really super wild stuff. And unfortunately, we only have pictures of the orbs. Now, some people would... Some people would probably find that suspicious, and I kind of find it suspicious myself. It's just a little too convenient that every time you whip out a camera, these fantastic things are nowhere to be seen, especially since this is apparently still mm -hmm. happening in this area. And, you know, as the saying goes, everybody's got a camera in their pocket. I and mean, I've talked about that before, how it's not a great camera, and well, it doesn't work better and, better and all that nowadays. stuff. But still, there should, there should be some more photographic evidence. Now there is one explanation that we haven't talked about yet. And that is there is apparently a military base of some kind in the area. Now, what if the military is using something, you know, technology or whatever that they're experimenting on the people in the area to see how effective it is, you know, whether it's something that can cause hallucinations or whether it's, you know, some sort of invisibility suit that they can put on and then go like, you know, mess with the cows or push people down to the floor just to see what would happen, you know, to see if they would remain invisible under certain conditions. So, I mean, it that's another possibility. It could be something like that. Like it, if it's, you know, if you don't want to go paranormal, you could go at the, you know, and we know for a fact that the military has experimented on its own population before here in America. And I don't think that yeah. they're above doing it again, you know, depending because this stuff, especially with top secret stuff, it's so compartmentalized that you're going to give a project to somebody and they're going to do what they want with it. And they will sometimes have almost no oversight and what they're doing with the project is going to be so top secret and hidden that very few people higher up are even going to hear what they're doing. And if they get results, they might not care that much what they're doing, you know, but that's another thing that occurred to me. But I don't know, it's hard to believe that that would explain everything going on here. It's still, it's still interesting to think about, but this is actually a really fun case that I didn't know. I've heard of it before, but I didn't really know a lot about it. So thanks to Dick Cheese McGee for suggesting it. I mean, like ETA was saying, there's, there's too much. There's definitely mm -hmm. something going on here. What that is, 
I don't know. So, all right. That about wraps it up for this week's episode. Are you about to say something, Aging Ether? No? Okay. That about wraps it up for this week episode. <laughs> this week's episode. So this time around for our Amazon affiliate thingamajig, uh, every time you search Marley Woods, you just get a bunch of Bob, Bob yeah. Marley stuff popping up. It's really hard to find stuff in the Marley Woods, you know? So this week, we are going to do Bob no Marley stuff. Woman, no cry. <laughs> so t-shirts, <laughs> t-shirts, albums, whatever. Check it out. Links in the description. Your purchase helps support the show and doesn't cost you anything extra. Keep it strange. <laughs>